This morning we have a uh, bonus scripture reading for you that is not in the bulletin, but before we read, would you bow your heads for prayer with me? God, as we begin the long climb out of this season of long nights, be our light. Illuminate our path, our minds, our spirits, by your life-giving word. Amen. A reading from Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes, and look around. They all gather together, they come to you, your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Here ends our first reading. Listen to God's word for us from Matthew chapter 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. 
Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know when the map on your phone says in that annoyingly calm British voice, recalculating. Yeah, our Christmas didn't go as planned. Good grief did I miss being with you on Christmas Eve. Every plan we had was upended. Preaching schedule changed. Grandparent visits changed. All of it was reworked. The only one happy about our COVID followed by stomach bug family illnesses was Desmond the dog, (laughs) who had someone to be with him at home every single minute of every day. Not that anyone was counting those minutes or days, not at all. Not the Christmas we planned for. And no offense to Christmas, but I'm glad it's behind me. Technically, it is still Christmas tide and will be until January the 6th. But as we'll be starting a new sermon series that weekend, today we are reading the story of the three wise men. They are the bridge characters that take us from the season of Christmas to Epiphany. The word Epiphany literally means manifestation or showing. Less literally, it's the the aha, the moment of recognition. And In Matthew's gospel, the first people to recognize Jesus are the least likely. In spite of the fact that the Messiah was born into a place that had anticipated his coming for years through the voices of the prophets, Jesus' own people did not recognize him when he arrived. And for the religious authorities in Jerusalem, along with the rulers like King Herod, it had not even registered. They missed it. Remarkably, the first people who recognized Jesus were foreigners, outsiders, people from another culture who had a different faith. They came from the east, a part of the world we know now as Iraq, because they'd seen a star in the sky. What has always struck me a little strange is why, if these men were so wise, why did they arrive at the wrong place expecting to find who they were looking for? They went to Jerusalem, not Bethlehem. They were off by nine miles. They went to Jerusalem, of course, because of the scripture that Jarrett read to us this morning. Isaiah wrote that beautiful poem to a displaced people who had once called Jerusalem home. Isaiah dared to imagine that that city would once again be great and proud and prosperous, a place of privilege. The wealth of the nations shall come to you, Jerusalem. All those from Sheba, which is in the east, shall come. They will bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. So that's exactly where the wise men and their gifts show up. And they ask Herod, who's in charge, and so the likely one to know who the next king will be. As scholar Walter Brueggemann puts it, 
in Herod's panic, he arranges a consultation with the leading Old Testament scholars and says to them, tell me about Isaiah 60. What's all this business about camels and gold and frankincense and myrrh? And the scholars tell him, you have the wrong text. And the wise men outside your window are using the wrong text. Isaiah 60 will mislead you because it suggests that Jerusalem will be prosperous, restored as the center of the global economy. And in that scenario, nothing will really change. This doesn't make Herod happy. Well, do you have a better text? The scholars are afraid of the angry king, but they tell him with trepidation that the right text is Micah chapter 5. And you, O Bethlehem, are by no means least, for from you, even you, will come a ruler who's to shepherd the people. As a prophet, Micah talks about a ruler born in a little town of Bethlehem, a ruler who is not concerned about building up the prosperity of a city or a nation, but is focused on the well-being of all the people. The prophet Micah anticipates a shepherd leader who will be born in humility and work to make sure the humble are lifted and protected from the powerful. Unsurprisingly, this frightens King Herod and all Jerusalem with him because when the leader is upset, the people tend to feel it. And what frightened Herod wasn't only that there might be a new king, but that there might be a different future. See, King Herod was invested in a future that kept things going as they were, which was to his own benefit. But Jesus' birth in Bethlehem represented a change that would upend everything. There are only nine miles between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. The wise men got close, but even so, there is a world of difference between King Herod's throne and where the star eventually settled over the Christ child. Those visitors from the east covered a lot of ground in their journey, but I dare say that those last nine miles were the hardest. Their Christmas, it didn't go as planned. They had to recalculate. They had to adjust their expectations of what they were looking for to what was their heart's true home. They started their search looking for a king whose interest was prosperity and power, and they ended up at the edge of a manger to find a king who would grow up with a singular interest, loving God and neighbor. To their credit, and as a testament to their wisdom, they traveled those final nine miles and they got there. And they were overwhelmed with joy when they had discovered what they were searching for. They had their epiphany moment 
and recognize Jesus as the true king who promised a different kind of future. And once they encountered this king, they left, changed, and returned to their country by another way. All this time later, I think it's easy for us to hear this story as just another part of the Christmas narrative, something we remember every Christmas season before we pack it all away and move on into the new year. But let this scripture work on you a little bit. Let it not just rest on the page in the Bible, but let it read you in your own journey through this life. Have you ever discovered you were off by nine miles, looking in the wrong place for the wrong thing? Have you ever set out in a career or relationship or toward a goal only to find that it wasn't quite right, that what we thought we needed didn't satisfy? We were investing in the wrong kind of future. I'm as ready as anyone to put this Christmas behind me. But before we put Christmas all the way in our rear view mirror, maybe like those wise men, we can be willing to keep going, keep looking. Perhaps we could have the courage to continue the journey past the place where we might have settled or compromised to imagine a future brimming with peace and hope promised by a child born in a Bethlehem manger. They won't be easy miles to walk, but I believe they will be worth the effort because there at the manger's edge, under the star, we will find salvation and our heart's true home. Amen.